Thank you for listening to the Morning KLH. David Doreen along with Marcus. Time to talk a little Packer football with three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, co-host of Wilde and Tausch on ESPN. Jason Wilde. Jason, good morning. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am great. I am fully stocked with, if you don't, Ride Bell, you, you you don't take what's it? You've been taken for a ride. Yes, if it doesn't say Bell on the side, you've just been taken for yeah, a ride. There it is. There it is. I, I'm not standing by all my scratch pads, so I, I didn't. I wasn't prepared. But okay, good. John Lombardo's great. I love that. Guy. He's yeah. the best. He's the best. All right, I want to ask you if you've ever seen that Key and Peel bit, the anger translator. Did you ever see that? Yes, the uh, I saw. Uh, Keegan Michael Key do that at the NFL Honors. Okay, all right. So for those who are unaware of it, he would uh, be then President Obama's anger translator in the bit, where of course the president at the time very measured in the way he spoke, and then behind him Keegan Michael Key would be screaming exactly what he's really thinking. And we haven't talked to you since the Monday Night Football game, but. On Tuesday morning, we had some Matt LaFleur comments after the game, and I really, really wanted to talk to you because we need a Matt LaFleur anger translator. There were moments in those post-game comments where a couple of chuckles, some things that were like uncomfortable, where I believe he was referring to Joe Barry's defense. Can you explain to us what he was really saying? Can you be his anger translator? Yeah, I'm not as funny as get Michael Key, but I will try. Okay. So he, uh, and by the way, I, I would argue that um, he was letting his anger and frustration show more than uh, the president or others that might need translators. He, I don't think he's very good at that, frankly. Like, really? I don't think he's, I, you know, I, and obviously I covered Holmgren, and it was fun to watch the Reggie White 30 for 30 documentary last night. I haven't seen that yet, but I, I, I did read about the, the, yeah, the Cheddar Bay Biscuits and how that helped win Reggie White over. <laughs> so that's a 100% true story. That's, uh, Bob Harlan loves that story. Um, but look, they, he, was, he was definitely frustrated with the defense, and I think one of Matt LaFleur's shortcomings is that he, and, and look, this is, I don't want to be a hypocrite here because as a reporter, I want guys to be honest. I want guys to give me their unvarnished, raw emotion and feelings. And quite frankly, you know, one of the things that is going on with this team that we're all trying to figure out because we're not getting straight answers is what Jair Alexander's status is. Like he didn't travel to New York. Wow. Uh, he was ruled out on Sunday. And so there's something not quite right there. And, but Matt LaFleur doesn't really give you know, full explanations for that. But what he also tends to do is let his emotions from time to time get the best of him. Like, he really did not want them to play in London last year. Like, he was inconvenienced and ticked off the entire time. And he set a terrible tone all week about having to go over there. And then they got beat. Yeah. Right. Um, he gets frustrated uh, with the the defense and throws Joe Barry under the bus uh, and doesn't do a whole lot of uh, doesn't make a whole lot of effort to avoid running over him. Uh, there was a point on Tuesday when we were talking to him about, hey, um, did the Giants just do a really good job of kind of figuring out what you were doing with all the you know end arounds and reverses and jet sweeps? Did you think you could get something on the corner against them and they kind of figured it out? 
And and he, I've never heard him do this. You know, he was talking about the two-point conversion play, and he said, well, we missed two blocks at the point of attack. Wow. Otherwise, Jaden walks in. And I was like, whoa. Mm. So you just threw those two dudes under the bus there. And then he literally immediately backtracked and said, I'm responsible for everything that happens. You know, it's on me more than anyone. And I was like, okay, that's your acknowledgement of saying, oh, I let that slip. I shouldn't have said that. I should have said, yeah, I wasn't a good play call. Because he usually says, starts with me, right? It's always it's my fault. I need to do a better job. And this game really frustrated him. And when he was critical of the defense, I kind of wanted to say, well, hey, buddy, your offense wasn't good for most of the game either. And so I just think, you know, with the ratcheted up expectations, how well they had been playing over the last four or five games, I think this was just such a clunker that he and probably everyone else in that locker room really had a hard time kind of processing it and figuring out what to say about it. I know you're not in the business of gossip, but the rumor floating around about Jair Alexander is he just wants out of Green Bay, that he's upset about the Rasul Douglas trade. Is that what you're hearing as well? So, look, this is, this is really frustrating for me because uh, in this job, I want to deal with facts, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and frankly, you know, I was not very happy about the Rasul Douglas trade either. Uh, because A, he's a good player. B, he spoke truth all the time. Like, he was unvarnished. Uh, and whether it was him saying that he liked or did not like my shoes or <laughs> what was going on with the defense, Rasul always told the truth. And I really like that. I Like, he won our Tom Mulhern Stand-Up Guy Award last year. And I'll be honest, I, I run that uh, balloting from all of our reporters, and I kind of want him to win it this year, even though he left halfway through the season, mm-hmm. because he, he was far and away the most honest dude we had, and he was always available, win, lose, no matter what. And so I, I do believe that that really ticked off Jair. I also think that, and, and the problem is, is that I have to start everything with I think or I wonder, because mm-hmm. we don't get any answers. And, you know, the fact that he did not travel to New York is a, a, that's a warning sign of some sort because most injured players, including Jair, for the Pittsburgh game and the uh, other road game that they had, um, he, tra- he traveled. He, tra- he went to the game. Mm-hmm. And you want guys that are injured, that are veteran players, that are experienced, that have been selected all pro twice in their careers, to be on the sideline to tell the Corey Ballantines and Carrington Valentines of the world who aren't as experienced, hey, here's what I saw the receiver doing to you. You want to be ready for this. Here's how you got to counteract it, at least contributing by giving advice. And the fact that he didn't go on the road trip and then Matt LaFleur would say yesterday that it was, well, just, you know, the medical staff thought it would be best for his rehab. Uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound true to me, mm. right? I, I, right? I try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt that they're telling the truth, but uh, I do have a brain, you know, I, I, that sounds sketchy to me. And so there is definitely a feeling among those of us that are, it's our job to get to the bottom of things, that something's not quite right. And I talked to Jair on the record for a minute and 11 seconds two weeks ago, and the one question that I would argue was the most telling, that got the most telling answer was I asked him, do you get the sense that Matt LaFleur is frustrated with your injury and you not being available. 
And his answer was, I don't know. We don't really talk very much. Ooh. Oh, that's telling. Yeah. So when he says that, um, that and, and you add that to the fact that he, you know, when he talked to us on Friday, he talked to the group for about five minutes. And one of the things he said was, if I'm not 100%, it's tough for me to play. Um, you know, that's something that, you know, again, I've been covering this team. Like, I covered Reggie White for three years. Um, you know, there was a, the, the early part of my career, there, it was a badge of honor to play through the injury. And he is definitely not doing that currently. And some of that might be just today's player with the amount of money involved that they're not going to go out there. And, and in fairness to Jair, he played with his injured shoulder in that playoff game against the 49ers after he'd been on injured reserve for 13 games. And he did not play well, and they lost the game. And so he does have a history of trying to play hurt where he did not play well. But there is, uh, we all agree, all the other reporters and I, you guys and I, we all agree, something's not right here. Right. But no one has been able to pin it down, and Jair's a different cat, man, and it's hard to get straight answers from him sometimes. He is not like Rasul Douglas. As confused as we are about Jair Alexander's injury, we could be without two of our wide receivers this weekend, Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed. What do we know about their injuries going into this game? So the good news on Reed Marcus is that he didn't he he was checked out for a concussion during the Giants game. Uh, he was deemed to not have had one, so he's not in the protocol. And that obviously the protocol is a lengthy process, and it can be hard to get back for games the following week. And in fairness, uh, instead of giving lip service to player health and head injuries, I'm glad that that's the case. Uh, there are some guys that have come back quickly. But he he does not he does not have a concussion, so that improves his chances of playing. Now he did say he woke up on Tuesday morning with his ankle really really sore, so he's on the injury report with an ankle injury. He had a chest injury going into the game, so he's beat up. Uh, you know he's not a huge guy, and he's taken some hits, but it looks like he will be able to play on Sunday. So that's good news. Uh, Don Tavion Wicks, I I love that kid. Like he's. And, and I had said to him the first time I talked to him, I said, look, I, I, I've been out around here for a long time. One of the guys that was one of my guys was Devontae Adams. And I'm not saying you're going to end up being as good as him, but, man, there are some similarities between you two, and it just jumps out at me. And then I heard during the TV broadcast that LaFleur had said almost the exact same thing right. to Buck and Aikman. And I, and I saw Devontavian yesterday and he gave me a smirk he said oh, i heard what he, i heard what he said mm-hmm. and so he's but he, his ankle is jacked up so i he claims that he's going to be ready but every player i've ever talked to who desperately wants to play always thinks they're going to play so if i were a betting man i would be a lot more skeptical about him watson i mean he even when he's not getting the ball he makes a difference in their offense that you saw it on, on, on Monday night that they missed him. So uh, he didn't. He would not have practiced yesterday had they practiced. Uh, I don't feel a whole lot of optimism that Christian will play in this game, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. But those, those are the two guys that I think are least likely to play. Well, now that Mason Crosby has been cut by the Rams, you know, could we, <laughs> could we maybe consider giving, giving Carlson a break sometimes, you know, and get someone that can – 
kick the extra point in the field goal? No. Okay. No. Absolutely not. They're not doing it. It's and I love Mason, and I would be thrilled to see him again. I don't understand what happened with the Rams. Like I was, I wasn't. That game wasn't on here on Sunday, and I had a, I had like the score updater up because I was writing, and I saw that the Rams like forced overtime with a field goal. I was like, oh, cool. That's awesome. That Mason Crosby went out there and kicked the game tying field goal. And then I looked, it was some other dude. Yeah. I was like, what? wait a minute. I thought they signed. What? What's going on here? And then obviously they did. They moved on from him already. And so, no, uh, they are going to ride or die with their young guys, including the kicker. And, you know, the focus from the coaching staff was, yeah, he missed that kick. Uh, and, and Anders told us yesterday he misplayed the wind. He thought it was going to be windier than it was. And then he got another chance the very next series, and he kicked essentially the same kick and kicked it through and did not overplay the wind. So, they are looking at this season. We've talked about it a million times as growth and learning and hopefully winning at the same time. And so, no, they're not, they are not in any way going to consider uh, any sort of change at kicker. It's Andres Carlson, and that's the end of the story. All right. Are you getting the feeling they're going to bounce back in this game? I, I am, but at the same time, like, I wasn't, you know, we talked about this, you know, on Monday morning. Like, I wasn't completely shocked i had i knew they had a clunker and maybe another one in them right. uh i thought that they would be i thought the giants were bad enough that they would still win like i thought it was going to be a game where they didn't play very well but they found a way to win and heck they did take the lead with a minute 33 left right. um this is another one of those games where i think it's going to be Couch calls them a sludge match which i don't even know what that means but <laughs> you get the idea um i, I just I, I think it's going to be a tough game and yeah, I think they're going to win, and they're going to get back to five hundred at seven and seven. And but I, I don't think it's going to be easy. And these are there's just so many flawed football teams. I mean, my gosh, six teams in the NFC, six teams out of sixteen have the same record, six and seven. That is like the definition of mediocrity. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Pretty, pretty lame. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for the insight as always, and we'll talk after the big Tampa game coming up on Sunday. I look forward to it, everybody. Take care. Be good. You too. Jason Wildey, our Green and Gold Insider, co-host of Wildey and Tausch on ESPN, and brought to you today by Mr. Holland's Home Services. Call him at 866-992-1717 or mrhollandshomeservices.com. Jason Wildey, part of the Morning KLH.